0: Well, the Reds are a big disappointment, but at least the Dayton Dragons won't disappoint us. Right? Right? Oh, and just think, Wings having a heyday. They're probably asking for the third time in the last year. Do the wins for the Dayton Dragons actually matter? Yes, it's a topic that is covered quite frequently, much like the, oh, why doesn't Wright State and Dayton play each other? We're going to talk about the Dayton Dragons, but first, a word from today's sponsor. Hey, this is Lee W. Mowen of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Betonline is your continued source all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action BetOnline, where the game starts Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. The podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio area sports. Listen on your favorite podcast platforms by visiting cindaypod.com. That's C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D dot com. Intro theme is Overdrive by Matrica from Upbeat.io. Here's your host, Lee W. Mowen. It's been a rough past few weeks, hasn't it, baseball fans? And if you know what happened today in the Supreme Court, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for letting down America with your right wingness, but we're not going to dive into that. Go argue with a brick wall if you disagree with me on that. Anyway, yeah, the Dayton Dragons, if you remember... The last time we talked about them on this podcast and the last time that it's actually been covered on an audio side of things was the fact that they were up eight and a half games with 15 to play and a chance to clinch at their last home series against the Great Lakes Loons. And I believe I mentioned the Loons won five to six as they did. Actually, I remember that series going really pear shaped. Against the dragons, If I look at these results, the biggest blowout was Sunday nine to five against you know Dayton. That was it. I swear there was like eleven to two result, but I don't know my brain's <laughs> my brain's been fried with everything, but now those five losses, six to five and four to three, four to three, five to two, and nine to five, so close they're not blow away games and you know they're games that you know the dragons could have easily won but they didn't so yeah the first time the dragons had a five game losing streak the first time the dragons lost five in a row and yeah in a series before that the most the dragons lost in a series was three and they only lost back-to-back games twice So what happened at that next series in Cedar Rapids, the first place team in the West? Well, the Colonels won four of six. First game went the Dragons way six to five. Second second game went the Colonels way seven to two. Third game went to the Dragons ten to seven. And then Cedar Rapids won the next three by scores of three nothing, nine to five and four to three. And that Sunday game, the Colonels got their winning run in the bottom of the ninths for a walk-off win. I believe that 3-0 win for Cedar Rapids on Friday, June 17th, that clenched the West for the Colonels. Which, you know, it, it does matter because they could be one of two teams playing for the Midwest League Championship. And then we get back home to close out the first half. Yes, the first half ended in the middle of a series, but never mind on that. It was against the Lake County Captains, a team that Dayton has taken care of, both home and away. Not this time, though. So far in this series, the Captains have won three out of four with three more games to go. If you're wondering why there's seven, well, one of the games at Lake County got rained out. I believe it was at Lake County. It was on May the 6th, so yeah, that would be on the road, wouldn't it? And that's how it happened. So three more games to go, and today officially starts the second half for the Dayton Dragons. So what does this mean? Well, guess who's up next after Lake County leaves Dayton? Great Lakes on the road. Yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking. There has to be major call-ups, right? Not really, just the one, Alex McGarry. And yes, he was swinging quite an offensive bat. He picked up a lot of home runs. He got a lot of RBI. But that shouldn't have really made the Dragons fall apart, right? I'm questioning that because maybe it is. Which we always thought, oh, hey, Ellie La Cruz, Jose Torres, they're not going to stay in Dayton the whole season, right? Well, they stayed the first half, second half. That's your guess as good as mine. So the Dragons have one more shot. This time they don't have to worry about Great Lakes double clinching because that's not a thing. They do have to worry about Lake County, which again is up in this series three to one. They do have to worry about Fort Wayne and West Michigan and Lansing. And I feel like I'm forgetting another team. Who am I forgetting? Lansing, West Michigan. That's the Michigan teams. Fort Wayne, uh, Lake County. Now I guess that'd be the four. Out of the five? Dayton's the fifth, wouldn't they be? Yeah, I guess that how that works. So in times when the Midwest League had 14 teams, you would get a first half winner, first place finisher, and then a wild card winner, which would be your second place. In the second half, you would also have the same where second half winner and second half wild card. If you clinched in the second half, you are playing the series, you know, two out of three on the road, unless you can get a two game sweep, which sweep. Nowadays, with Clinton, Burlington, Kane County gone, and Bowling Green out of the league, it is one spot. So the Dragons miss the playoffs. The Dragons miss the playoffs being up eight and a half games with 15 to play. A chance to clinch at home, couldn't get it done, needed a good series at Cedar Rapids, lost four of six. And I'll tell you, the last two losses, Dragons have been shut out and lost 10 to nothing. Although I will say the starting pitching has still been outstanding, even with Andrew Abbott being called up to Chattanooga. It has been outstanding, second best in the Midwest League, actually. The bullpen, however, has not. And last night's game where I got to announce the bullpen allowed all seven runs. Joe Boyle went for, I believe his pitch count went too high, and his ERA is now at a cool 0.72. So there is stuff to get excited about. It's a rough patch. It happens in baseball. You know, sometimes you start off with rough patches. Sometimes you hit them in the middle of the season. And unfortunately, sometimes you hit them at the end of the season. It happens. I'm not worried. I feel like the Dragon's Bats will turn it around. They do have Ruben Ibarra, which I think is a promising bat. I didn't realize how big he was. He's like the next Pablo Sandoval, the next panda for the Dragons. Um, I think he'll be fine. There's a new catcher, Veoheen, and his first few at-bats. He is really delivered, so... Excited to see him. Didn't realize Matt Nelson got hurt. And then I go back and listen to the last episode and said, oh yeah, Matt Nelson got hurt. Uh, One of the starting pitchers, Bryce Bonnen, he's on the season-long injured list, meaning he's done for the year, as the name would suggest. Starters, again, they've been strong. Bullpen, that's been the weakness for the beginning. And now this part of the season, it's just... Just haven't got the job done. It's it's sad to see. I mean, last night, Carson Rudd came in, gave up a three-run home run. I believe he gives up another home run in the sixth inning. James Meriden comes in, gives up a few runs. And yes, James Meriden, the same guy that was on the 40-man roster for the Reds, he's no longer on said roster. He was designated for assignment, which just means Reds wanted to get him off the list and there was a chance for the rest of Major League Baseball to pick him up. No one did, so he's still with Dayton. So he's still in the Reds' farm system. And then the only one that had a scoreless inning was Braxton Roxby, the off-speed magician. This dude throws sliders and off-speed offerings for days, and they'll mix in his fastball in there. Normally, it's the other way around. Your fastball is your dominant pitch, and then you try to fool the batters with your off-speed stuff. But it's the other way around for Roxby. So, yeah, rough patch, and three games at home left against Lake County before heading on the road against Great Lakes. I'm sure their thousand of fans are happy they clinched, but yeah. Uh, hey. Maybe try selling out your stadium once in a while. That'd be cool. Yeah, they're talking mad trash on social media. Whereas the Dragons uh, talk about events. They'll share a final and lineup and that's kind of it. So, yeah. Next up at home to start off the 4th of July week. West Michigan, an off day that Tuesday and a home game that Monday. Normally you don't see that, but fireworks. So, it's a chance to right the ship, and honestly, I think this Dragons team can still do it. I know the loss of McGarry's bat does hurt, but, you know, he's gone. He's gone. You have to, you know, you still have to play. So, let's go ahead and look at the stats. It's it's still disappointing, you know. The Dragons were the best team in Southwest Ohio. Absolutely, without a question. The Reds had a good patch and now they've lost seven back to back sweeps by Milwaukee and the Los Angeles Dodgers of Los Angeles. Certainly doesn't help much. So we're looking at the Dragon stats. I said, Veoheen. In four games, he's 5-9 with six walks and just two strikeouts. His on-base percentage is high at 733, which I know you can't base that on anything because that's such a small sample to dissect. But that's a great start. That's a promising start. No RBI yet for Veohin, That'll come. but one run scored, one double, 5-9, So I'm looking forward to see what he can do offensively behind the plate. Ellie De La Cruz. He's leading the Dragons. He had an off day yesterday. 292 average. Alex McGarry left with a 286 average with 37 RBI and 11 runs, which no, those are not the team leads. De La Cruz has 13 home runs and 43 RBI, which that leads the team. Nick Quintana His bat's really starting to come around. This is a great defender, and I'm glad we got him. Yes, I know the exchange for Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, that kind of stinks, but Quintana seems pretty promising. 256 average, again, more known for his defensive play. Golden glove quality, if I dare say. Five home runs, 31 RBI. Justice Thompson, he had a great start, cooled off a bit, but now he's, you know, angle to ship right 255 average Reese Hines he is hurt from what I heard but 240 average with 19 RBIs 7 home runs Matt Nelson's on the IL 236 average Jose Torres man he's he's really hit a bad slump 235 average I didn't realize he went down to 235 19 RBIs 7 home runs JV Martinez, the baseball player formerly known as Juan Martinez. 224 batting average. Aston Creel back with Dayton since Reese Hines is due to go on the IL. 222 back in Dayton from Daytona. Austin Hendrick, he's cooled off a bit at 215. Alan Serta, 215. Garrett Wolforth, 213. Ruben Abara 212 so far in now his nine games. Didn't realize he was here for nine games. I thought it was just a few myself, but there you go. Jonathan Willems, 184. And Jack Rogers, who is still down at Daytona, 097. Michael Troutwine, 094. He is the third string catcher, and he played in left field last night. And yeah, as you hear, most of the batting averages have started to droop down. Torres is the one that worries me the most. Like I said, I know he'll bounce back, but at the same time, Mm, that hurts. It hurts to see. Let's look at the pitching for Dayton with all players. I don't know why it defaults to qualified players, and then it just shows one. Are you saying everyone else is not qualified? What's your game here, Stats? I mentioned Andrew Abbott. Three wins, no losses. He is still doing his thing in Chattanooga, which happy for him. Joe Boyle, three and one after 11 starts. Didn't go the necessary innings to pick up a decision, but then again, Lake County got to the Dragons bullpen and put seven on the board. So, an 11 starts, three and one in an ERA of 0-7-2. Needless to say, yeah, that is the best mark for a Dayton starter, but you already knew that. Actually, technically, Abbott still has the lower ERA of the two, but Boyle's been here longer, so there you go. Miguel Madrano—he's coming into Dayton. He has pitched out of the bullpen three times, one win, no losses, a two point four five ERA, and seven and a third. He did give up, I think, a run on Wednesday night in the second game of the doubleheader. Bryce Bonin, before he went to the season-long IL. A 2.52 ERA, 1-1 one one in 5 starts, 6 appearances. Connor Phillips, he's 4-3, a 2.95 ERA in 12 starts. He already pitched earlier this week, so you won't see him today. Actually, I looked at the uh, starting lineup uh, page that the Dragons give media and us workers. And yeah, Dragons have TBA for today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Interesting. Davin Benoit, his ERA has inflated a bit. He took that loss in the season, excuse me, the series finale at Cedar Rapids. 2-2, two two, does have seven saves out of seven opportunities. It was not a save situation since it was tied at three. So he didn't give up the save opportunity. He just gave up the winning run. 18 appearances out of the pen. Benoit has been... Pretty much the most consistent guy out of the bullpen in that big of sample. Manuel Kachute, 13 times out of the pen. 1-0, 3.67 ERA. Then you have Miles Gaiman. His ERA is slightly elevated to 4.09. Two wins, no losses, 13 appearances, and one save. I will say, there is only one blown save. Two blown saves. Three blown saves. Four blown saves. That's what happens when you do this on the fly. So, that's not bad. I mean, out of all the saves, it doesn't show the team. We'll get to it. But, hey, that's not terrible. So, let's look at the whole team stats now, shall we? And tell you that Dayton, as a team, they are still... Actually, let's look at batting average. OPS, they're fourth in the league at 738. But average... Loading, loading, loading. This is not fun for me to see this loading. Dayton is now batting seventh in the 12-team Midwest League, 235. So, yeah, hitting has hit a skid. In case you're wondering, the best-hitting team is West Michigan. They're hitting 249. So, yeah, pitching's been where it's at. The hitting's been cooled off, which, you know, then you ask, is it the baseballs? Is it, you know... The baseball's being used. I mean, is it the pitchers are higher quality? It's just I don't know. South Bend, 248. Quad Cities, 240. Lansing, 239. Peoria, 237. Cedar Rapids, 236. There's Dayton, 235. Beloit, 233. Great Lakes, 232. Fort Wayne, 222. Wisconsin, 218. And Lake County hitting 216. But don't tell that to the captains, because I swear they're batting 612. And their time here. So let's look at pitching now. In the Midwest League, your lowest ERA belongs to Cedar Rapids, a 3.05 ERA, and that was definitely the butter that helped with the bread in the Cedar Rapids four game. Series win over the Dragons. Lake County, 3.61. Their pitching has been really good this series. Great Lakes, 3.72. The pitching also helped them in their series win in Dayton. Beloit, 3.76. Wisconsin, 4.24. Tied with Dayton. So that's a tie for fifth. So about halfway point South Bend 4.29 Fort Wayne 4.31 Peoria 4.38 West Michigan 4.51 Lansing 5.16 Quad Cities 5.27 again that's the defending champs from last year Quad Cities and their ERA is the highest in the Midwest League saves Dayton has converted 18 of 22 so again four that's pretty darn good I'm looking at these numbers that appears to be the best and yes it is four blown saves is the least in the league Cedar Rapids has blown five saves that's your closest right now I see 11 blown by Great Lakes 10 blown by Wisconsin 11 blown by South Bend uh, nine by Peoria West Michigan with nine blown and 12 blown by Lansing that appears to be the most. So I know the Stray Loons fans that fly on hear this podcast and go, Dayton, what happened? Yeah, I missed that hun TikTok. People making fun of that. So let me carry the great months old tradition of that meme. It's just a bad stretch. Yeah, you can credit Great Lakes and Cedar Rapids with the series win and Dayton, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Now you focus on half two, which will go ahead and pull back up the 2022 schedule. Like I mentioned, to start the second half, Dayton has three games against Lake County left Friday, Saturday, 705, Sunday, 105, and then it's a six game swing at Great Lakes. And this is a series I hope Dayton crushes the Loons and makes them feel really stupid for, you know, continuing to mock the Dragons on that. How many championships do you guys have? Oh, one, which I know I'm saying that and the Dragons have not played for a Midwest League championship ever. And the closest they came was 2017. They lost to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Tin Caps. Seriously, that Tin Caps team had like 11 billion teenagers but uh man man so congrats to Great lakes good sports here seriously it's a good team and you know sometimes that happens back home to start july the 4th and that week against west michigan on the road at lake county and then four games off four days off July 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, and then a three-game series against Fort Wayne. If the Midwest League had an all-star break, it would go there, but they don't. Which I don't know if they ever will again or not, but there you go. To close out July, it'll be a six-game stand at West Michigan. And then August, two home stands in a row against the Peoria Chiefs and the Lansing Lugnuts. At Fort Wayne for six. At Quad Cities for six. A two-game road swing there. And then back home against the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Hopefully, Seth Gray is still there. A former Wright State Raider. I feel like there's a second Raider on that team. But I don't call if I'm correct on that. And then closing out the season on September the 6th for a six-game stand at Lansing. And that's your series. So, second half. Again, five teams in the running. And you don't clinch in the second half, you're done. And apparently, because today is the start of the second half, there are no standings. Go ahead and go the first half standings. Great Lakes, what was it? They won 13 of 14. So they kind of pulled a St. Louis Cardinals of last year where they won, what was it, 16 straight and then took the lead from the Reds. And then Cincinnati decides, oh, hey, this team was so close to the playoffs. Let's dismantle them because why not? What could possibly go right? Dayton finishes a game back of the Loons, 39-27. The Loons finish 40-26. Lake County, 35-31. West Michigan, 31-35. Fort Wayne, 27-39. And Lansing, 25-41. That is 15 back of first place. In the West, your clenching team was Cedar Rapids, 43-23. Six and a half up on first place. Again, they had the best run differential last time. They still do. It's plus 121. Best in the East is Great Lakes plus 37. In case you're wondering the worst run differential, that goes to Lansing at negative 68. Wisconsin 36-29. South Bend 34-32. Beloit 31-34. Peoria 28-38. Quad Cities 26-40. and 40. So there you go. And there's supposed to be a little blurb on playoffs. Let me double check. Four teams per league in a best of three division series and a best of three championship series. So, again, it's kind of going back to what it was before COVID. But with the lack of 14 teams and only having 12, it'd be silly to have over half of your league make the playoffs. So there you go, how to lose an eight-and-a-half-game lead in 15 games, starring the Dayton Dragons and a lot of disappointed baseball fans in Southwest Ohio. Again, Dayton, just throughout the year, dominating, and just to have that bad skid like that, it's, it's tough to see. Which I think makes the loons' social media posts a little bit more pungent and a little bit more classless. Because remember, these are the same guys that decided, oh, hey, Jose Siri's record-breaking streak. Let's purposely walk him and throw behind him because that's who we are. Yeah, that was uh, classy. And I know Jose Siri could have got a hit in his first three at-bats, but come on, really? Pitch to him. If he strikes out swinging, if he grounds out, hey, you done it with class. To walk him like that, yeah, you deserve all those boos from that night. I remember that. It's probably the loudest boos I've heard. Not since uh, announcing a Dayton Flyers game and students booing me because I had to tell them, hey, you're non COVID regulations. Space out. So, yeah, that was fun. Also, I got booed when I had to announce the game was postponed. Uh, that Wednesday, Great Lakes Where before that. I also had to announce, hey, there's a tornado warning. Get to the bathrooms now and evacuate. May You never have to evacuate anyone like that again. But there you go. That's your most up to date Dayton Dragons information, because I sure as know that Wing doesn't cover the dragons. In fact, it is one of the three things that Wing stands for nowadays. Cleveland Browns rule Cincinnati Bengals suck, even though the Browns have been wildly irrelevant since um Oh yeah, Bill Belichick was your coach in the mid-90s, and you guys won't stop talking about that. Oh, by the way, who's the team that won their playoff game last? Oh, yeah, the Bengals. You guys didn't even make it last year. Um, that team in Columbus is the only college to talk about on wing, and everyone else can go eat a bag of poo-poo. And third. Do Dayton Dragons wins actually matter? That's the standing formation on that station. And hence why I haven't listened for about two years now. So there you go. I know Shane Neal has a red show and I need to listen to that. But it's just I never get to because I'm working six o'clock. I'm either getting ready for a Champion City Kings game or I'm getting ready for a Dayton Dragons game. In fact, 6 o'clock is when we open the gates, and then I say, hey, you're at this place. Welcome. Here's a loud horn to welcome you. (laughs) I love that air horn at Dayton. I love it, and I'm glad it's a part of uh, Dayton baseball. So, that's it. That's the Dayton Dragons, and the second half begins. I think that Dayton does bounce back and get the second half spot. That does mean that Dayton will have to... Play their best, and they have a couple of tough customers. Second half is a brand new season, basically. Forget what you knew about the first half. Second half is a brand new start. And now I want to briefly mention this because it's going to be its own separate episode. Mark Schlemmer died earlier this week. If you followed this podcast for a long time, you know Mark was one of my first guests on the podcast. And I always thought that, hey, former Sports Talk host would be great for a podcast. And I remember going to his place and setting up, having a couple of roundtables with some of his closest friends and fans. Mark Schlemmer was very good to me. He was a good guy. And I'm still trying to deal with the fact that he's gone. Uh, It's been a very, very rough week, and uh, (laughs) yeah, Mark meant a lot to folks around Dayton, and not just in Dayton, but around the globe. He was just the type of dude that was born to be a broadcaster. Yes, he was a baseball coach. Yes, he's a baseball man, but the dude knows his stuff. The dude knew his stuff, and I'm uh I'm very sorry and it it absolutely you know it's 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 tough to talk about as you can tell it's yeah again I'm going to have a separate episode I'll talk about that in a second I do want to mention that the last thing that Mark told me was Dayton Sports Radio is awesome we had a big argument about that he had like several paragraphs just Blading me saying that I'm wrong for saying that Dayton Sports Radio is terrible. Mark, you're not going to convince me otherwise. We have two stations in town and one local show every weekday that doesn't want to talk about anything Dayton. Then we have one that's weekly that is all about that team in Columbus because, you know, we can't have enough that team in Columbus coverage, you know, considering they're an hour away. But never mind. So. Yeah, and that's the last thing Mark would say to me, and I hate it because, you know, I would have said something to him how much he meant to me and thanking him for his time on this podcast if I if I knew, but that's the tragic thing about human life. We don't know. Life is short, could be cut off at any second, and uh, yeah. It's uh, very, very difficult to talk about. So rest in peace, Mark Schlemmer. Thank you for everything you've done for me. It was great to help you out as much as I could. Whether it be, taking you to the grocery store to help you get groceries, taking you to the wing, picking you up from wing before you got your car, you know, helping you out as much as I could. Thanks for being a friend, Mark. So, listeners, this is where you come in. I have mentioned this on social media twice now. I want you to share your best story, your best memory of Mark Schlemmer, and I want to include it on this podcast. If you can record yourself and send me an audio file, great. Just make sure you have your name on there or something, or else I'll just give you credit for it. If you can't send me an audio file, that's okay, too. You can email me, text me, message me uh, your best memory of Mark Schlemmer, and I'll give you full credit as I read it. And yeah, I, uh, it's so difficult to talk about this because, like I said, Mark meant a lot to me, and it was great to help him out as much as I could. It's great to see him back on Sports Radio and Wing, and I enjoyed his time there, and I thought the show was good. But after Mark left, not so much, especially when you ask, hey, do you need a co-host? And then one week later after you're told, no, I'm not going co-host, then there's a co-host. So, yeah, in case you're wondering, it's not just sour grapes or jealousy that someone else has a job that I can't even get an interview for. no. It's actual goodness that, you know, and also being told I'll get paid to run the phones and never getting paid. So, yeah, there, there's no sour grapes here. I have my reasons. So there you go. Again, fans, I want you to send your best memories out to me and hopefully I'll have it up Monday, maybe Tuesday at the latest. I don't know. Send them as quick as you can to me, Please. Uh, Twitter at the Lee W. Malin or Sunday Pod. Instagram, same places, the Lee W. and Sunday Pod. Uh, email, message me. I don't want people knowing it because then I'll just get emails saying, hey, you suck, <laughs> with about 11 billion spelling errors. If you have my phone number, you can text me. That's fine too. Message me, you know, get a hold of me. Please, I want this to be... Basically 95% fan interaction and then 5% from me because it's not about me. It's about Mark Schlemmer. This episode's dedicated to him, and I want people to know how much he meant to me. That will do it for this episode of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. And hopefully next week, we will have that tribute to Mark Schlemmer and hopefully another guest interview. Again, I'm going as many guests as I possibly can grab and I sincerely hope you join me along for the ride. That would do it. Thanks for listening to your local sports source, the local Sunday sports podcast. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast with Lee W. Mowen be sure to bookmark Sindaypod.com spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D, the official website of the podcast. You can find your favorite ways of listening to the local Cinday Sports Podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. You can also purchase merchandise from TeePublic Public and Redbubble to help support the podcast. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SindayPod and the host at The Lee W. Mallon. The closing theme is Cosmopolitan from Pecan Pie on Upbeat. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for your continued listenership and join me on the next episode.